Hi guys, in this episode of All Things Wonderful with me, Dea, I want to talk about something a little bit different to our usual ep- uh, usual episodes and topics. Um, if you know from my blog, www.dea.com, we go through different things and discuss food, interiors, fashion and beauty and musings from my diary. I haven't gone into all of these topics yet on this podcast, but I would like to start a this wellness series focusing on mental health and how important this is in our day-to-day life and in general and especially if you're working on super demanding job that has really short deadlines often that come come out of the blue and your bosses or your managers want your top top notch work which let's be honest is not always attainable and a hundred percent we are we are only humans so i got into reading a lot lately and focusing on my mental health and one of the things i discovered is um the art of japanese living or how how to bring mindfulness joy and simplicity into your life with very attainable steps um a little bit of an introduction Japanese culture is known for its sincere and thoughtful approach to life. From small day-to-day routines to ancient traditions such as the tea ceremony, the Japanese way of living shows us that in every corner of the day there is room for a moment of mindfulness. In a world that's constantly speeding up, there is much we can learn from the Japanese attitude to life. With its roots in Buddhist thinking, the culture has a lot to say about the positive power of gratitude, about the vital connection between nature and our well-being, and about the value of a calm and considered approach to the everyday. And you can find all of these things and more in your day-to-day. Take a step into the meditative arts of bonsai, ikebana and origami, or try your hand at cooking some delicious Japanese dishes, rediscover the restorative wonders of a hot bath, be inspired by the philosophy of the tea ceremony, or bring stillness to your heart with forest bathing, see the world through a new lens with wabi-sabi, or discover value and beauty in imperfection with kintsugi. And... There are many ways that we can be inspired by Japanese culture to find peace and happiness and I want to take this opportunity to start with the first chapter in this wellness series or also called Ikigai which means finding what gives you a meaningful life (laughs) which we all know is not so easy. Um... We all want a sense of purpose in our lives. Something that makes us happy and makes our lives feel full. Something that spurs us on to get out of bed in the morning. 
the Japanese have a word for this feeling of purpose called ikigai, which translates roughly as a reason for living. It's a core belief or feeling that characterizes who you are and what's most important to you. And many believe that finding and defining your ikigai, the, f- the thing that makes you tick, is the key to feeling fulfilled and happy. Your ikigai is a current that runs through your whole life. However, although it sounds grand, the actions you take to pursue it often play out in the small scale. Your ikigai will inform the simple transaction of day-to-day life. For instance, if your ikigai was to help other people, holding the door open for someone could be a small everyday way of pursuing what makes you feel happiest. Your ikigai will be unique to you because we all find happiness in different ways. You may find it through your work or through a hobby. Your ikigai could be could be providing and caring for your family or you could find find it through creating beauty by making laughter or by spreading peace. You may even find that your ikigai changes as you go through life. Because what what brings you joy at 25, let's be honest, what <laughs> may be different to what fulfills you at 65. And then finding your ikigai is not something that happens overnight. Being able to boil your life's purpose down to one sentence requires self-reflection and insight and it means being completely in tune with yourself even if you have an approximate sense of what your ikigai might be it can take years before you reach a conclusion you probably have a good idea of what you like and don't like doing but your ikigai runs deeper than having a passion for something for instance you may be a keen gardener but ask yourself why you love gardening Why does it bring you joy and satisfaction? Is it because you like seeing the continual progress of the plants that you tend to? Is it because you want to cultivate beautiful things? Is it because you like to create order and structure? Once you have answered this question, think about it in terms of your life as a whole. Do you enjoy finding beauty, structure or progress in other areas of your life too? Once you start looking, it's likely that you will start to see patterns in your answers. This is the start of finding your ikigai. And what it is and what it isn't. Let's talk about that. Primarily, your ikigai should be something that brings you joy and leaves you feeling fulfilled rather than drained. Even if your ikigai is related to making others happy, it should make it should also make you happy. It won't be something you do out of a sense of obligation. Your ikigai will usually help you connect to the people around you as it as it often as it as it's often about what you can give to the world rather than what you can take. For example, a writer's work will be read and discussed, an artist's work will be reviewed and a volunteer's time will be held will will be will help another person. 
And then an Ikigai will also be active, not passive. It's something that you deliberately pursue for the specific purpose of bringing you joy. Even if it's as, sim as simple as going for a walk, reading a book or talking to a friend. Your Ikigai is often related to things you can see growing and developing. Whether you're working on a project, improving a skill or watching a child growing up. This is also why an Ikigai will not be a specific goal. Your Ikigai is a defining part of yourself that will always be with you. So there is no finish line. However, it doesn't mean that your Ikigai can't help you achieve your dreams. For example, your Ikigai would not, would not be to publish a novel, but it could be sharing stories and connecting with others. In that case, publishing a novel might be something you do in the course of pursuing your purpose. Now let's talk about the gifts of Ikigai. And you might ask, so why bother identifying your Ikigai? It takes so much time and effort. Why not just carry on through life doing the things you like to do and avoiding the things you don't? Because having a concrete grasp on what makes you you, a define a definite sentence that defines who you are and what your purpose is, is empowering. Knowing your ikigai means that you have a deep understanding of yourself and what makes you feel your best. It means you know how to find happiness. It also gives you a sense of control. It helps you direct your life and it enables you to pinpoint what motivates you. Your ikigai is also an anchor and it can help to guide your in, ti you in times of difficulty because you know with certainty what matters to you and what your priorities are. Now, studies have shown that understanding your ikigai can help you to live longer too. This is most likely because it helps to keep your mind and body active. It maintains your positivity and drive for life and it helps to keep you connected to those around you. And... I know that you might ask, okay, that all sounds lovely, but how to find your Ikigai? Now, finding your Ikigai can take many years and people often find that it reveals itself over time rather than being found. However, there are ways you can help to kickstart this process of self-discovery. Start by asking questions. What moments do you most enjoy in everyday life? What do you do without anyone asking you to do? What were your favorite things to do as a child? What makes you feel emotion, emotions strongly? And what are you looking forward to? If money was no object, what would you still want to do? The answers to these kinds of questions will give you a feel for what makes you tick. The next step then is to look at your answers and see if you can find patterns. The key is to pay attention to yourself and the way you feel. Notice when you're curious about something and allow yourself to follow it. Interrogate your hobbies. Why do you love doing what you do? Although your ikigai is more than a passion, our hobbies tell us 
a lot about what we feel deeply within ourselves. Don't feel you have to search too far beyond yourself and the life you already live. You probably naturally have a sense of what your ikigai might be as you already know what inspires and draws your attention. It just takes time to be able to crystallize those feelings into a single sentence. And while you're taking the time, remember that even if you don't have your ikigai defined completely, every day spent paying attention to what inspires you and brings you joy will help you to live a richer, more fulfilled life. And now I want to share a really lovely quote by Hector Garcia. Essentials to happiness in this life are something to do, something to love and something to hope for. I hope you enjoyed this episode and let me know what you think about about it so far and a, a brief tease of the next episode on wellness will be we'll be discussing the term called wabi sabi or seeing beauty in imperfection and accepting that life is transient thank you so much for listening to my podcast and please give your support by following me on instagram at underscore at, at underscore dea and also visiting my blog and subscribing to the newsletter on www.dea.com. Thank you, take care and stay healthy and happy. Bye.